project resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education. Created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information, and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. Over 70% of our listeners listen to this podcast with their Apple iPhone. So please pick up your Apple device, go to Apple Podcasts, and leave our show a five-star rating and review. Your ratings and reviews helps our show get noticed. Also, if you have a colleague that's interested in podcasts and medical coding, please share this podcast with them. You could check out Medical Coding Geek and the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and now YouTube. We recently launched our YouTube channel, and you can go to youtube.com slash medicalcodinggeekvideos. You could check out our Facebook groups by going to medicalcodinggeek.com slash services. And while you're there, if you need a speaker or need help promoting your brand or service, please feel free to reach out to us. And of course, you can find me, Brian Kui. My last name is spelled C-U-I on LinkedIn. So today in the podcast, I have Marleni Marino. Now, Marleni has an interesting story coming from the Dominican Republic without understanding any English. And from 2001 up until now, she has obtained her associates, her bachelor's, two master's degrees, and multiple certifications. So in this two-part interview, just to give you an idea, we spoke for over two hours. We go through every chapter of her education and her career and her certification process. And what you'll hear is that she obtained certain education degrees and certain certifications based upon where she was at in her career. When she was at a certain point, she was always pushed to go to the next level. And instead of brushing it to the side, she's decided to go on headstrong. So without further ado, we had a wonderful conversation. Please listen to part one of two of my interview with Marlene Marino. Enjoy. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> so you spoke a little bit, but you know, I was not born and raised here. So I came here when I was, how old was I? I was 14. Hold on. Let me, let me start the podcast. Hold on. <laughs> Golly, hold on. You're already going. All I right. everybody. Hold on. I'm going to start now. Hello, everybody. Because Marlani is about to go on super tangents here because we could talk forever. Hell, before we even get started, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Elster Classified podcast. Um, as you're listening earlier, me and Marlani is just chatting away. Uh, and I, I we, we need to get this conversation in, man, because uh, otherwise, <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're just giving away these nuggets of information and just kind of like, yeah, I, I agree with that. Anyways, so Marlene Marino, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. How are you today? Thank you so much, Brian, for having me. I'm great. How are you? Good. Now, I'm trying to remember, how did we connect? Did you, do you, do, the only thing that I remember when we connected is, I know you reached out to me for, for podcast stuff. And did it go be before that? Was there, because I'm trying to go into, you know, because on LinkedIn and I'm like, well, how did I, I know I helped you out with, with a podcast, but was there anything before that? Well, I was talking to you for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I was following you for a while and then I was seeing, you know, your podcast, I was listening to your podcast and I had the crazy idea of starting a podcast on my own. And I said, well, Brian is posting pictures, he's recording. And I reached out. Here, look at this. 2000, 2019, you endorsed mm-hmm. me for, for health information technology. Was that what started it? <laughs> <laughs> was that what I, I don't remember. Because I remember, because I, I don't know how where we continued conversation. Because the thing is with, mm-hmm. with social media is that I think it probably went on to, link, went on to Instagram maybe. Mm-hmm. There we mm-hmm. go. It went on to, I have to look at Instagram. But anyways, I know it went on to Instagram. I know you wanted to start a podcast. I, I know we kind of chatted about um, giving you advice. I gave you advice. Look, just start the podcast already because <laughs> if you don't start, you're never going to start it. And you started it. And so we'll yes, talk about like that. gave me the, yeah, the, the, kick the extra the, push. The, the swift <laughs> kick in the butt. Uh, to get it started. <laughs> and uh, as mentioned in, in your podcast episode when I was there, um, I'm like, why? I'm telling her this advice, but then this is the, it's the advice that I need to create mine um, for the YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes. So Marlene Moreno, she is the she she has her company called Proximal Proximal Edge. Right. Mm-hmm. She has yes. a podcast called The Includes Podcast. Or, and then in Spanish is what? Todo, todo incluido, right? You got it, todo okay. incluido. So what's what's unique about this is that she she's created a podcast in English, but then an, uh, a podcast in Spanish for medical coding, which which is great because you know to tap into a certain market, a global market at least, uh, is interesting. Now I had um. He's also he's also from the Dominican Republic. What's his name? Dr. Christian Zouane, right? So he came from the Dominican Republic. Um, he went to New York. He, well, he was a foreign medical graduate to, be, to begin with. And this is a previous episode. He went to New York, started studying medical coding. He got into CDI. He got into my podcast. And then for some reason, he blew up for some, just a little brief moment. Just a little brief moment, he got blew up. <laughs> and then um, I think he got, uh, he got, 
asked to speak for, I think, a Dominican Association for Physicians in New York. And so I'm like, wow, that's great. I never, you know, I never thought about, you know, expanding globally with medical coding mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, you know, especially here, you know, with the Dominican Republic, the uh, Puerto Rico, I know they have an AAPC chapter there. Uh, but I never thought about, you know, kind of expanding out there. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. Yes. <laughs> so let's go ahead and start the actual podcast because otherwise we're just going to talk about random topics. There's no organization. <laughs> I'm going to start with the first question, Marlene. Uh, mm-hmm. Where did you come from and how did it, how did you get to where you are today? You can start off Ooh, wherever you want to go. I think you were saying you were 14 or something like that. <laughs> go ahead. Well, I, I, listen, we can go back. So the stork, <laughs> when a man loves a woman. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. So I was originally born and raised in Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. I came to the state back in 2001, actually June 2001. Mm-hmm. I was in my teenage years. Mm-hmm didn't speak English. Wow. I knew colors. I knew numbers. And you knew bad words. <laughs> that's, usually the, that's usually from the movies. <laughs> that's usually where you begin. Yes. Yeah. No, and that's usually when people say, oh yeah, I know a couple of words. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I barely spoke any English. And then I, my parents brought me to St. Cloud, Florida. Mm-hmm. So you, I don't know if you're, I'm sure you're familiar with St. Cloud, yes. but um, now it's a lot of Spanish people back mm-hmm. then, very, very few. So I started high school. I was in, no, I was already in 10th grade when I came and I'm sitting in a classroom. I have no idea what is being said. So I know nobody, I don't speak the language and I'm in a place surrounded by people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Scary. It was really, really scary. I remember coming home every day and just crying no because <laughs> i'm like the only class i understand is math because mm-hmm. <laughs> numbers are numbers yeah, yeah regardless of you know of of the language but you know i i i made it a point that i was going to excel the same way that i was a really good student back at home and i said you know i have to keep doing that and i mean today look I've, I've accomplished a lot. I've, I really have. And, and I'm proud of myself. And I know that I have a lot, just many more things to do still that I haven't, I haven't done. So that's, yeah, I came when I was, I was 14. And well, how did you, how did you, uh, cause you speak great English. I mean, the, uh, one thing that I've noticed in your podcast is, is your voice. You have a very nice full clear maybe it's the microphone but but the way you the way you speak at least in english it's it's very articulate you know uh clear full again the microphone uh but i know that you can attribute that to to your teaching uh Mm -hmm. but where like how did you kind of figure your way out through or at least trying to figure out the english language to the point that you're very fluent today so I was taking originally when I was in school, they had me on English for speaker of other languages, the mm-hmm. ESO classes. Mm-hmm. So I had a I had an amazing teacher, Brian. When I tell you amazing, I would stay after school with her. She would help me. Sometimes she would even drive me home because oh, obviously nice. I didn't get it. She was it was just like an angel. She was my angel. And then at home, my dad actually started to buy books for me mm-hmm. in English and he would have me read and he would give me a list of words and just different things like that to help me. At first, I didn't think he was helping. 
give you more you know, work. Being a, the rebel teenager, I don't want to do this. Mm. What do you mean I have? You know, and, and I remember one of the first books he bought me was The Old Man in the Sea. I've never forgot. I still have that book. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, that's something that he did that helped me a lot. And, you know, correcting me what because one of the things that i always tell people especially when i'm doing a training i tell them listen english is not my first language i've never made it a um i've never made it a uh, an excuse or a reason not to do something but if i say something that you do not understand please let me know and i'll try to figure out a different way of saying it mm. so i've kind of made that as part of my presentations you know i want to make sure that i'm saying things properly for you because it also allows me to learn mm-hmm. And I think that's that's helped me a lot. Did your did your parents speak English coming in? So funny story. My <laughs> my mom met uh, my stepdad. He raised me, mm-hmm. and he was working in Dominican. She did not speak English, and he did not speak Spanish. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Within a year, they were married. Uh-huh. So <laughs> Down how did, there, how did that? I can I can guess how it worked. Maybe it's through food. Maybe. <laughs> Well, that that and they also in the crew, um, the airline crew, one of the guys was from Costa Rica. So he used to translate and they had the little translators Ah, and the dictionaries Mm -hmm. and different things like that. And that's how the relationship evolved. And you came in 2001. What grade you you were in? Mm -hmm. You said you were. I was in 10th grade. 10th grade. Okay. So in 10th grade, you finished high school. Then what happened? Uh I finished high school and I didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oddly enough, no, I didn't know what, was, what I was going to do. I started working. And when I came to the States, I came, I didn't come with all my paperwork. Mm-hmm. It was back in 2001, immigration passed the law. It was something, I, I don't know all the ins and outs, but they were like behind on the process. So they gave people like, um, like a permit to come to the state where all their paperwork was filed. Mm-hmm. So even for me to go to school and for me to be able to drive or for me to be able to work, I had to go through like extra steps. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start working because I don't know what I want to do with my life. And two years passed after I graduated and I said, if I don't do something now, I'm never going to do something. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was in Dominican, I knew I wanted to go to college. I wanted to go to, you know, I actually wanted to go into international business. I love to Mm -hmm. travel. Mm -hmm. And I just, something clicked one day and I said, if I don't, get off the couch right now and do something nothing's ever going to happen right and i don't know if you remember those commercials back in 2006 2007 get off the couch Mm -hmm. (laughs) and come to come to this particular school and that's that's exactly what i did i I, (laughs) yes before i did that i i walked into valencia in kissimmee and i got all of i got all the books so i can do my interest test and all that good stuff and i said you know what i don't think this school is for me so put that on hold, watch the commercial of get off the couch, come to school a couple of months and you'll be able to work from home. And I'm like, hmm, that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. I could work from home and then I can travel and do whatever I want. Go in, register and started January of 2007. Mm-hmm. Started school for billing and coding. And actually billing and coding was not my first option. Billing and coding was my second option because I wanted to travel. I wanted to do international business mm-hmm. and travel. And I tell you what, Brian, I started it and I love it. Fell in love with it. And I, I joke around all this the time. Is, with this my is, uh, I'm sorry, this is international business that you that you started uh, like or was it medical, medical billing and coding? 
medical billing and coding. Okay. I wanted to go to school for international business, uh -huh. but you know, they get you with the come in the door. You can come to school for a couple of months and work from home. Oh, okay, got it. So, and I went in and I registered for classes. I started, I met this amazing program director and he said, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna do this course, this course, this course. And I looked at him and I go, you don't know me. You're not gonna tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. And, um, you know, he saw something in me. He saw something in me and he pushed me. I still to this day know him. He still pushes me every single day. And um, he's opened up a lot of doors for me as well. But some, you know, sometimes you need that person from the outside to see something in you mm -hmm. to just give you that extra, that push, mm -hmm. that kick. <laughs> and um, that's kind of where, where I came from. When did you finish the building and coding school? So when I actually signed up for the associates, I didn't do the diploma program at okay. the end of the, yes, at the end of the program, you had to do an internship. Mm. And I said, I can't, you know, I was working full time. I'm like, I'm not going to leave my full time job to go work part time in an office where I'm not going to get paid. I just can't afford it at the time. And my program director said, well, let's move, move. You can move all of your credits into the bachelor. So I was in school. I can tell you all the way until 2013. Mm -hmm. So from 2007, 2013, I finished all my degrees. So a very long time. And I, there was no break in between, maybe a couple of months in between. I went straight from my bachelor's into my first master's. And um, yeah. For which college? Is this all in Valencia? No. So my two masters, I did them in Stray, uni Stray University. Uh -huh. My bachelor's, I actually got it from Everest University. Uh -huh. wow. So I was going to the South Orlando campus. Oh, were you uh, were you working in, in medical coding in, in that time or or were you just straight going to school through through those six was it six six years when you first started? No, I was working at, after I started going to school, I started working at a small office there in St. Mm -hmm. Cloud mm -hmm. for a doctor. And that was like my very, very first experience. And he had two offices. We would travel with him. And it was it was an amazing experience. Oh my goodness! Mm -hmm. And then in that time as well, I'm looking at your, I'm looking at your, um, <laughs> at your LinkedIn profile. Uh, I told you I was going to open it to my Yeah, side. you got to look at it too. Uh, it's been a minute. <laughs> so when did so you? When did you? So let me see here. I'm trying to just kind of kind of paint me the the timeline from with your because because one of the things that that I first saw. I mean, I because remember we connected on LinkedIn, but I didn't see all of this stuff. I know we did a lot of communication on Instagram with the medical coding mm -hmm, geek, mm -hmm. and then I look at your. I'm like, let me read off her her <laughs> her designations. Uh, Marlene Marino, M M H S A, Masters in Education, CPC, CPMA, CPCO, CPCI, CIRCC, CEMA. A-H-I-C-M-A-S-C-R-C-R-N-C-M-A. So the question that I'm going to ask you, could you kind of, can you kind of break that down for me? What, 
what made you what made you want to add all of those designations? Because for me, and the reason why I'm 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 very first of all impressed. That's that's number one. Uh, number two, blown away <laughs> because <laughs> because uh, we were just talking about it earlier. Uh, you know, like mm-hmm. just just thinking about for me, you know, just the process of just getting a master's is just I don't know. I, I maybe I'm overthinking it. You know, uh, just the same way as I created the YouTube channel, like I, I'm overthinking it, you know, um, like what did, did something because you're saying you always needed to be you get that that certain push uh, mm-hmm. to to do a little more. Uh, what made you decide to? Well, first of all, where did it begin? Like, did you start with a, with a credential? Did you move into your master's? Did it did, did it kind of work together? Like, because when I think of when you when you when you obtain a certain designation, may it be a master's, may it be a credential. For me, it was because it it's it it best suited my direction, you know. Mm-hmm. So I got my RHIA first because that's the first thing that I needed because I got a bachelor's mm-hmm. in HIM, and I you know you know that's that's the that's the status quo. You got to get it in order for you to be in HIM. And then yes. my direction then shifted from you know working as a director. Uh, in HIM, then shifted to CDI. I spent a lot of time in CDI with just, you know, an RHIA. And then, you know, the market says, hey, uh, we need credential. We need another, we need another credential specifically in CDI. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have, you know, so many years of experience. The, <laughs> the, the test, just passing this test will tell us that you're an expert in CDI. I'm like, okay, yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that test, your recommendation. I'll, I'll spend that money and I'll, I'll take that test. And so, you know, for you, which is now shifting to you, how, like what made you decide to, to obtain all of these, you know, wonderful designations? Just start, all start off wonderful. somewhere. Like, <laughs> I'm sure, where did it begin? Did it begin with a CPC? Did it begin with the masters? Kind of, kind of unfurl that for me. Okay, so I won't go as far as the stork all the way back. So I started school, right? And the first thing is we need to make sure that by the end of the program, you become certified. Great. Awesome. Mm. Certification. I become CPC. I think it was around 2008, Mm. 2007, 2008. I don't remember. Take the exam, pass it, love it. Continue working in the office that I was working at. And actually, my director says to me, listen, I think you will be a great teacher. And I'm like, please don't start. Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> when I first met you, you said, this is what I was going to do. You didn't say anything about teaching. I, that's not something that I could ever mm-hmm. do. No, mm-hmm. not happening. I love my job working for the doctor that I'm with. And we're just going to keep going. Okay. A year passed. And I said, you know what? Didn't you say that I might be a good teacher? <laughs> Mm. I wanted to do something new. I wanted to do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And by then I was working in my bachelor's degree and he said, well, perfect. So let's get you to continue working on your bachelor's. We have this position here. And I actually started teaching for Everest University Mm. and I finished my bachelor's. I started teaching and I actually was teaching for medical assistants. I started as the computer lab insurance instructor. So I would teach them. Okay. Um, we, yes, we were doing um, EMR, EHR. We were going all the way back from basics like Microsoft Word, mm-hmm, Excel, mm-hmm. PowerPoint, and then the insurance part. Mm-hmm. It was part of the MA curriculum because they wanted to make sure that they knew not just back office, but they also understood how everything worked within the office. 
loved it. What happens? I gain, I'm being, as I'm tutoring and working with a lot of the students, they're asking me clinical questions. And my answer was always, listen, <laughs> I went to building and coding because I do not, uh-huh. <laughs> I do not deal with bodily fluids. I don't want to know about it. I do not want to see it. Mm. I can code it. I don't want to see it. Mm. I just don't. And you know, they kept asking and I have other students would come and ask me some questions and it started to spark an interest. Mm-hmm started sparking interest and I said man I want to know this stuff now speak with my dean and I said hey dean how can I go through the MA program and Mm. he's like what do you mean and I'm like yes I'm like I'm I'm getting a lot of MA questions and I just want to learn more about it so I can better help them he loved the idea he said well there are different ways that we can do it you can go to the north campus and take the courses or you have to do it here before you teach. I'm like, okay, let's do it. Brian, I was going to school 5 to 9 a.m. Then I have some of my courses two to two, about two to three times a week. Mm-hmm. And then I was I would teach. I would start my actual job 2 to 10 p.m. So I was working long days. Oh. Yes. And this is so the second certification I got was my MA certification, my NCMA. Mm-hmm. So I went from coding to MA. <laughs> so you could so you could answer questions, not necessarily to to do the profession. Not necess- exactly, not necessarily to do the profession. And it was so crazy because then then the thing was, you know, if I'm going to be managing an office, mm-hmm. I want to know how everything works. I believe, I truly, truly believe that in order for me to be effective, not that I need to know everything, Mm. but I need to have at least an idea of how how everything works. And believe it or not, this helped me years later when I was managing my office and sometimes my MAs will call out sick and guess who became the MA? (laughs) I became the MA. Uh So it's, it's been like full circle for me, really truly has been full circle. From there, they were offering the CMAS, the, that was the administrative, because we also had an administrative program, mm-hmm. medical administration. So I got that certification. That's the CMAS. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things that, hey, since you're already working with this and working with this, do you mind <laughs> also helping us with this? And did sure. they, they, your employer paid for this? Yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, they did. Mm. They did. So they did the CMAS and the NCMA, mm. two different companies, though. So I got all. So now I have three certifications. Wow. I want to start doing my master's. My director says to me, listen, you want to continue teaching. You're doing an amazing job. You need to go for your master's. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK, I knew this instructor. She was teaching at both Everest and at Australia University. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know what? She's like, if you don't do it, like, just, let's just go. Let's just go across the street. She's like, let's just do it. Come on. Do you need to get all the information that you need? And I went, Brian, I signed up. It, it was just, it was just one of those things that I knew I was going to do it. And I just did it. I signed up. I did my master's, my MHSA, master's in health service administration. Mm-hmm. All online, 100%. I think I did only one course that I had to do on campus. I was doing it at night. Wow. Finished it. 
yes, finished and I said, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I don't want no more certifications. I'm good. Now that I finished my master, my, you know how when, when, when you and I last talked, you were talking about how you were getting antsy. Mm -hmm. Well, my thing was I've been <laughs> teaching now <laughs> for three years. Like I've been teaching full on for three years. Mm -hmm. What I thought three years ago was good experience that I was bringing it into my classroom. It's no longer relevant. Like it's not longer fresh. Mm -hmm. Like I need a new, fresh perspective to be able to bring it into my classroom. And, you know, sometimes it's one of those things like be careful what you ask for. Yeah. I got this really, really great opportunity working at a central business office in Daytona. So I live in St. Cloud. I got a job in Daytona. Wow. <laughs> yes. For the first week I was driving there every day and oh. I said, nope, cannot do that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not happening. How many and miles is that from St. Cloud to to Daytona? That's on ninety five, oh right? So you had to drive all the way up, or you have to go to Turnpike and then reach your way mm -hmm. up there. Oh my gosh! An hour and a half. I don't know how many miles. Oh, oh an hour and a half. Wow. <laughs> hour and a half one way. I mean, and that's flooring it. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't drive fast. I just you know if there's nobody in front of me, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually how I ended up moving to Sanford. And I worked for the company. I was like contracted. Mm. I worked there. And this is the first time, Brian, that I heard about or learned about or worked with FQHCs. And those are federally qualified health centers. Mm -hmm. Never knew about them. So my day one on the job was to learn about them. Mm-hmm. And I learned about them, Brian, and I love their mission, their vision. They work with the uninsured, the underinsured population all throughout the U.S. And I actually did a podcast episode yes. last year just because yep. just what they do. Mm -hmm. And now I also, once again, have the privilege to continue to work with these clinics here in the U.S. So it's, it's, it's pretty amazing how I went from this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not teaching. You're not, you don't, you don't know me. Don't tell me what I'm going to do. And mm -hmm. then he's like, you know, you're going to be a great teacher. Uh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I mm -hmm. started teaching. I love it. And now I'm like, I kind of need to go back to the field to mm -hmm. be able to bring in more fresh information into the classroom. Correct. And while I was working for the company in Daytona, one of the things that they wanted to do is they wanted to start a training program. They wanted to build a school. Well, with my teaching background, <laughs> I said, oh, my goodness, because I, I created their training program, their internship program, worked alongside with career source for Volusia and Flagler wow. to train um, some people in building and coding and different things like that. And I said, well, if we're going to build a school, I'm going to need my education degree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm like, seriously, am I really doing this? I just, I don't know if I can. So we started with, well, let's do the CPCI. It was, it's through the AAPC to mm -hmm. be able to teach their curriculum. Okay. My employer actually sponsored that. And nice. I went through the program. Yes. I took advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is how I earned my CPCI. Let me see. Have I missed any? No, I haven't missed any yet. Okay. So that's how I got my CBCI, you know, and, and I'm thinking I already have a master. 
the next step is the doctorate, but I, I just, it's just one of those things that I'm like, I, I really don't want to do a dissertation. Yeah. I am deathly afraid of a dissertation. And I said, I can do another master's. There's no rule that says you can't. Yeah. And that's where the master's in education came. <laughs> so for the same university, right? Strayer? Yes. Yes. Did you, did you, did you consider any other colleges for your master's of education or, or was Strayer like, you know, your go-to? You know, I actually did not. I just know that when I went through Strayer, they were very helpful. They were very responsive. You know, if I needed anything, it, it's just, I liked how everything worked. Mm. So I'm like, if it's not broken, why fix it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I already know, I already know how everything is going to work. And it, it was just, you know, when, when you go to a place that you like, you continue to go to that place, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why. And it's it's funny that you asked me that question because my husband is going to Strayer. Oh, <laughs> is he? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Finishing up his master's degree. And, and, you know, because I told him, I'm like, listen, I, I love my time at Strayer. Very helpful. Just just I just loved everything about that school. What's what's your husband's uh, degree? What, what is he getting his master's in? He's so he's going through the Jack Welch Institute through Strayer University. And so he's, he's doing an MBA. I can never remember what concentration he's doing. Oh, master's in business administration. Yes. Hmm, okay, interesting. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and use promo code GEEK15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N group.com slash shop and use our promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K-1-5 at checkout. Do you have a hard time landing your first medical coding position or keep hitting the wall of every position that requires at least three years of hands-on coding experience? If you are credentialed but still have a hard time getting hired, the Renowned Talent one-on-one coaching program is perfect for you. You will work closely with Bertram Lansico on your resume, social media presence, interview training, and access to companies who hire entry-level talent. Bonuses include resume templates, relevant resume keywords, and encoder access. Please visit renowntalent.com and tell them you heard about this coaching program through the NEC podcast. Again, please visit renowntalent, R-E-N-O-W-N, talent.com, and tell them you heard about this coaching program through the NEC podcast. 
Yes, yes, yes. I know. I told them, I said, you know, maybe uh, you want to go to school for building and coding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where I wanted to go. Like, did, does he want to go into medical? Oh, my gosh. That would be, you guys would be the dynamic duo for real. You know, let me tell you, let me tell you, because I sit there and I tutor students and I work with students and, you know, he's he's home with me mm. and he's, 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 you know, I'm asking questions and he's answering and I'm like, okay. Um, we're gonna have to do this. Like, you just we're just gonna have to. Like, let uh, me just wait. You have a couple more classes, and I'm like, dude, this is happening. But what? Industry, <laughs> I know he's not in. I don't know. Well, he's not part of the podcast. But what? What's his industry? <laughs> so he actually works for a municipality. Okay. He oversees. Um, he's doing. What is his actual title? Um. Well, he's in, like in public administration or something like that. Is that what it is? And, no, so he works with the city and mm. uh, they work on all of the uh, city vehicles, but he oversees like all the operations of, I, I don't want to call it the shop, but I guess that's kind of like what it is. Mm. So kind of like, so logi- oversees- like, like logistics and transportation. And maintenance, they do a lot, you know, they maintenance all, it was funny because at first I'm like, what do you do? And he's like, I work, you know, <laughs> we work on the city vehicles. And I was like, like, like what? What are the city vehicles? I didn't know the city had vehicles. And uh-huh, he goes uh-huh. with the cops and, you know, the, um, uh, you know, the, uh, oh my God, what's the word? Utility when you get vehicle, sick and you, you call 911 and they come, who ambulance. comes? The ambulance. EMS. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Talking about my English, <laughs> you know, and he, and I'm like, you guys work on all of that? And he said, yes, and the waste management trucks. And I'm like, oh, wow, like I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> reminds me, we went to a fair here in Sanford. This is when we first moved out here, you know, mm-hmm. and they had the city helicopter and the ambulances and, you know, you can go and you can take a look at it. And I'm being silly. I'm having a good time. And I'm like, I tell, I, I tell my husband, I'm like, babe, let's take the ambulance for a spin. And I look at the guy and I said, where are the keys? And he goes, if you find the keys, you can take it. My husband turns around and says, oh, no, you don't need keys. This is how you turn it on. And the guy looked at him like, oh, we're in big trouble because he's going to know how to take it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yes. yes. So, he's, so he's getting his master's in, in business and... Uh... You're, you're, let's go back to your, let's go back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Husband's not in this podcast. Future, future coder. Watch him him walk in. Like, what are you doing? You guys talking about me? I was like, yeah, come on. You know, anyways. So you're, you're, so you, you, what was your, you needed to get your master's of education to, to build this training program. What was that process like? You know, you talk about your MSHSA, but what was different about the, the master's of education? One of the things that I liked about, so I've been teaching for a long time. So I started teaching back in December, 2009, Mm. I think December, 2009, around that time. Yeah. I I was like, just finished my associates and going into my, my, um, not my master's, my bachelor's. And that's when I started teaching, Mm. but I'm like, I've been teaching for so long. And then I get into my, my master's in education. Now I'm actually learning about the different theories of teaching and i'm like there's mm. a theory to what i've been doing oh because yeah. i mean they we're talking about i started in 2009 and now this is what 20 actually no it was 2013 2013 i believe when i st- let me pull up my my linkedin profile when i started my <laughs> <laughs> it 
was 2015, actually, when I started my master's in education. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've gone all of these years and I'm like, there are actual theories for learning and for teaching and, you know, different things that you can do. So uh, learning all, I, I, it was, I was just wild, like, oh my God, I didn't know about this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was an amazing, amazing experience. And I got to my capstone and I'm like, oh my God, I have to write paper, you know? And it, it was, it's, I get paper anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like you and I were talking before we actually started the interview about the grading the papers and, yes. you know, that you have to have X amount of pages and X amount of words and different things like that. I mean, when you're doing a master's, I mean, you're writing papers every week, pretty oh. much. And these are not five pages. Uh-huh. You're talking about 10, 12, and then you're building as you go through, like when I was, at least when I was doing my my second master's, I was building from one 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 paper to the next to the next so it was like a never <laughs> never ending it's like a paper. huge portfolio by the time you finish right <laughs> yes pretty much that's that's kind of how it was but I, I i loved it i enjoyed it i learned so much i i, I so you have the medical coding geek i i am a full-on geek i mean i'm just i i love education i love learning i, mm-hmm. I thrive when i'm learning if i'm not learning forget it I need mm-hmm. something new. I need something that I need to be doing at all times. Nice. I can imagine you on vacation. Like, you know, if you're on vacation, you're like, I, I you, you're just like me. It's like, if I'm on vacation, <laughs> if I'm not going anywhere, I will get antsy and I will like create mm-hmm. my own schedule. I'm like, okay, I'm already outside doing the lawn. I'm doing the dishes. <laughs> I'm fixing the house. And my wife says, you got to relax, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> and then like, for, for example, we went to the Philippines in, in 2010 and, you know, just like anything, anything, you know, out of the country, the the, the pace is very slow, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're out in like in the middle of nowhere, like three hours out from the main city in the Philippines, Manila. And, you know, you're out in the villages and, you know, mm-hmm. the, the speed is so slow for me. I'm very like, you know, I got to do something. I got to do something. I got to do something. So I'm sitting there and, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Do I clean the house? Do I do anything? My wife says, just slow down, you know, that type of thing. So I have to that's that's something that that I, you know, for me, I have to work on. But I, I could I could imagine, you know, you needing to to do something to keep mm-hmm, you challenged, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Yes, most. I mean, I'm one of those people that even if I stay at a hotel, I have to make the bed when I leave. I don't. I don't. <laughs> even when we check out, okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> even when we check out, I have to make the bed before I leave the room. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> so from from the masters, then then how did you 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 obtain the masters? Then you started building up this training program for the company that you work for. Yes. And at the same time, actually, before I started doing the masters, um, we were doing training across the United States on ICD-10. So this is, you know, before we made the switch for ICD-10 and Mm -hmm. the training evolved into, well, we're doing PowerPoint, we're doing videos, we're doing live trainings with all of our clients let's do what the training book. So we have this training book that we're taking to all of these different places and it actually became a book. So I I don't like to tell people that I authored a book because I'm like, you know, the codes are the codes, the guidelines are the guidelines. Mm -hmm. I just kind of took and compile all of that information, but that would be when I write the book that was right before we Mm. made the switch to ICD-10. So that was actually before I even started that second master's degree. Wow. 
And yes, you can find it on Amazon. <laughs> really? So you're you're yes. a published author? Yes. Excuse yes, yes, yes. me. <laughs> oh, stop it! No, <laughs> like you know, and like I said, I don't tell people I'm an author because I'm like the coach of the goats. The guidelines are the guidelines, and you know, building practices they are what they are, and just kind of you know. But but you made a good point. Is is that? You know, because I'm thinking about creating a book, but like, you know, what do I write it in? But, you know, when you when you look back at all the stuff that that you do, you know, all the stuff that you've taught. And for me, it's like all this, all the podcasts that I've done, you know, you I can essentially create a book, you know, and I've seen people yes. try to publish on their own. Um, mm-hmm. For example, Jim Zellum and even his brother, mm-hmm. Dr. John Zellum, they have books. And so the way I saw their their outlines it's it's basically you know section by section by section and it doesn't have to be a huge you know huge book it could be like you know a simple 100 page book and you could, yes. you, could you could you could promote that and i'm like you know that's that's something that's doable you know that that mm-hmm. i've already have the concepts i just got to start writing and you know the writing part too is is something that i hate but you know you see behind you know all of this stuff here so the update mm-hmm. from from the youtube channel that when we did our interview um is i had a camera so i started doing the the video but when i looked at the first video i don't know if you ever saw it but but um <laughs> i did you did okay so did you notice i was doing this a lot like i was looking down a <laughs> I lot even lo- i even viewed your bloopers at the end <laughs> so, the, so i had i had here i had this thing right and so uh-huh. the the youtube channel forced me to write to type so I would, you know, if I had a topic in mind, I would start typing, but then I would actually start. But, you know, the way when I spoke at events, I only write, I only type stuff in terms of a bullet point, like as if I was creating mm-hmm. a PowerPoint presentation. Mm-hmm. Video is totally different because <laughs> because when you're in front of people, you're not I, I'm not so conscious of of where I'm looking or how do I present on camera. And so yes. when I did the introduction video, I'm think I'm I'm you know I'm like as if I was doing a podcast. I'm like you know doing you know, talking like this and like you know just making faces <laughs> and stuff like that. And then I was referring you know I, I could be doing like this and like oh shoot look at the camera. I'm like oh, okay. And then when I when I'm done, I immediately do this. I go back down. So there's yes. a lot of I had a problem. I had a big huge problem. Um, after I finished a phrase, I would look down to see what I had to say next and then do it again like that. So I had to change that real fast. And so what happened with the second video is I, I taped it, but it didn't sound right. It doesn't sound fluid. So the, and also my camera, it, it only stays on for like 30 minutes. That's the, one of the flaws of this camera, uh, the yeah. A6, the Sony A6000. And so if I try to turn it on again, it'll overheat. So I'm like, okay. I'm on a time crunch. I need to get everything in within at least 30 minutes. I need to set mm-hmm. up my lights. I need to do this. I need to do that. So I bought a teleprompter. Do you see it there? I don't know if you can see oh. it. But this huge, that thing right here, right there. So I bought a, I bought a, out of a, so I, I videotaped the second thing and I'm like, uh-uh, this is not working. So I need to buy, I got a teleprompter. So basically I would use like my phone here. And then I would type my script. I would copy the script into the phone, and it would actually show up on the teleprompter. And so That's I would awesome. able, I would clear it, and it forces me to look at the camera. And so mm-hmm. I'm looking at the camera. I'm reading it through. I'm like, okay, this is my script. And I'm gonna read it as if I'm narrating it. And, and I'm gonna make sure <laughs> I, I'm gonna. And when I'm done with my phrase, I looked. I want. I go like this. 
for a few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so well, those those are really good things to know. Yeah. Because I was sharing with you, I'm doing some videos for the college where I'm I'm talking to instructors. I'm also talking to students. So mm. oh my goodness. Yeah, that it, it does help, and especially if you because I don't care how it looks when I edit, you know, and I'll I'll just look at the camera and I'm. You know, kind of pause, and then then mm-hmm. I will look down, or then I will, <laughs> I will scroll to what I have to say next, and that forces. So, anyways, doing all of that forces me to type out a full script, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when I'm now f- typing out a full script, then okay, you're you're talking about your masters now. Going back to you, talking about your masters and writing all of this stuff. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that all of the script writing, because I did one. The, the, the next one that I did is on CDI. I wrote a three-page script. <laughs> you know, three-page script. There you go. Three-page script for a 10-minute video. Hello. Wow. I'm like, that's... And then it took me 22 minutes to get through that, that three-page script. <laughs> and then I had to cut it and yes. chop it down. And yes, the next one is on CDI. So I wrote a three-page awesome. script again. Just the very, very basics. Because everything is always, you know, I've always spoke about it, but I never wrote a script about it. Mm-hmm. And so I write the script and I'm, I'm reading it through. I'm going through the thing. And I'm like, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound natural. Well, so I try to practice and make it more natural. And mm-hmm. um, what is it? So the, that's CDI. And I, I, and I kept the bloopers. So there's another, I upgraded the blooper section. And then the <laughs> next one. The next one, someone asked me to talk about the Cures Act. I'm like, what the heck is the Cures Act? You know, it's a, it's it's all about HIPAA. It's out of, all about interoperability. What's the Nairo? Information blocking. <laughs> I wrote it back there. So I'm already preparing. <laughs> like, what are you looking at? I wrote it right here. You got your board. <laughs> yeah, my board. I'm, I'm trying to prepare myself. So you see, I'm, there's a lot of writing involved. Mm-hmm. And I, I never knew that because I know when I talked to Victoria Mole when I had her on the podcast, she had like a full portfolio of scripting and storyboarding and I'm like mm-hmm, please mm-hmm. I, I could do that that's not a problem for me and so now I'm I'm writing I'm typing so hopefully I think it, with enough writing maybe I can be ready for <laughs> for a master's that's probably what I oh what I'm thinking goodness. you you'll be ready for your book pretty soon before you know it yeah so after that, so you 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 obtain your master's education, you develop uh-huh. all of this training, you became a published author. Then what would happen next? So um, I left the company. My contract was up. We renewed it for one more year. Um, mm. Left the company, and then I was teaching full time. And I said I, I kind of need to go back to the field. Uh-huh. <laughs> started working at a hospital in Daytona. So I was working for Halifax Hospital. That's, yes, that's when I was overseeing the, actually I had two offices. I had a pediatric clinic and the the adult community clinic. Mm. Oh my goodness, Brian. So my first day at the pediatric clinic, it was one of the worst days. Oh, wow. Kids crying. I mean, there is this kid. I still remember him to today. I'm like, what are you guys doing to him? Like, do I need to go in the room with you? What's happening? Uh-huh. What's going on in there? What are you doing to this kid? And, you know, the MA, the nurse, actually, she's like, we're just giving him shots. So I oh, go in wow. the room and she's not even doing anything to the child. And she looks at me and she goes, you'll get used to it. <laughs> Oh my but it, it was, yeah, it was definitely just an amazing experience. I worked with, you know, four different doctors. It just, 
learning about the patients because being the pediatric community clinic, the adult community clinic, and you know, you do get short staff and mm-hmm. guess what? I'm an MA. I, you know, I kept up with all my CEUs. I kept up with my licensing, all of my trainings. And I would about 80% of the time go in and scrubs, mm-hmm. go in and scrubs and Hey, wherever you need me, that's where I'm going to be because that's, that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to make sure that the office is flowing, that we're seeing the patients and that everything is running the way that it needs to be. So now, now let me ask you a question, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you bring up pediatric, right? So you've never mm-hmm. be- before that you've never worked with pediatric patients, pediatric cases, no. pedi- pediatric coding. No. Right. So, <laughs> so here's the thing, right? So my last guest was um, Cheryl Noblejas, right? So before mm-hmm. I did that interview, there was there was a guy um, that well, anyway, she reached out to me and she says, Brian, uh, do you know so and so? I'm not gonna say his name. Do you know so and so? And I said, actually, yes, I do. I know this person. He actually, he actually, we actually had met when I finished the the dopey marathon part after 26.2 miles he comes up to me he says hey you're that guy on linkedin <laughs> you're, that guy. That's you're awesome. that guy on linkedin i'm like uh and i'm like i'm like this i'm like oh my gosh what what who who you know after after running four days and after that long 26 or whatever point miles he comes up to me anyways i'd ask him where do you work and he says oh i work over at a children's hospital over at lake nona do you know where lake nona is yes it's on yes. four 417 anyways or 4, 428 anyways whatever so lake nona there's a host there's a big medical city there right so mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. there's a there's a hospital over there and so apparently he he resigned the position and so the i think the manager no knew cheryl she reached out to me says she reached out to her asking do you know somebody because i guess he was the only guy and they loved this guy because you know it was it i guess it made up their you know it made a great dynamic of their team and so do you Mm -hmm. know a guy (laughs) that knows coding is oh yeah i know brian and so she reached out to me and i'm like i'm like where lake nona (laughs) I'm like, do you know, you know where that is? I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, when I asked him, I, he said, oh, I have to drive there every day. And I'm like, um, Cheryl, I, I work from home. I don't have to deal with I-4 traffic. <laughs> and so uh, after that, after we did the interview, she she brought it up again. I'm like, I'm like, Cheryl, um, the thing is, I, I, I've never worked with pediatric cases, you know, as a CDI and doing inpatient too. I, I never... I don't know. For some reason, I was very limited in the pediatric side because I think they had specific pediatric coders for inpatient. And, you know, for CDI, we never, well, we did eventually branched over to pediatric, but we had specific people who had pediatric experience to do CDI for pediatrics. So I'm like, good. <laughs> I don't have to do that. So my rationale in, in, in the, the thing is, I think what, what, what what is preventing me from moving over to pediatric or working pediatric cases is the fact that it's not an adult it's a smaller person right so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know the baselines the reference ranges of everything is all different so mm-hmm. when you so my question going back to you is you've worked with adults how did you transition aside from you know dealing with all the screaming and all of that <laughs> um you know working for for pediatric patients but then also clinically Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I'm sure you had to deal with the coding and the billing side. So how did you how did you handle that transition? So besides the crying, the other <laughs> thing with me was why I'm like this kids, they were just here. Like, why mm. are they here? 
mm-hmm. you know and my doctors they were like you know we, we have to double book because i need to see these kids and i'm like are you seeing the kids because you want to see the kids or because they need to be seen and they're like no we need to see them for their uh, what was the word their milestone visit and i'm like what is oh. that <laughs> <laughs> what milestones they cry that's <laughs> So after a lot, you know, some research, I'm like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, they have to come in every so often. They have to have all of, okay, so I don't have kids, as you can tell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't know all of these things. And so that for me was a huge transition learning, you know, we have to see these kids, you know, every so often we do have some kids that we need to see a little bit more often because they have specific special needs, you know, Mm -hmm. we're seeing some special needs cases. My doctor, actually, we went to, was it Jacksonville? Out there, there is that children's hospital for special kids, um, you know, with like really, really hard conditions and different things like that, because she wanted to get some information on how they were managing some of those cases. So her and I took a trip with my manager out there, with my director out there, just to get some information on how they were managing and Mm. looking into how they were working also with the insurances too. Okay for the billing and encoding portion of it. So it, it was a huge learning curve for me. Um, I think that the the worst part or what took me the longest was getting used to the kids crying. I don't think I ever did. <laughs> I honestly don't think I ever did, but just learning that, yes, you know, they have to come in for these visits. This is how we code for these visits. Mm. This is how we do this. That all of that for me was, it was, it was an amazing learning experience. I'm like, I'm up for the challenge. Let's, let's do it. Okay, cool. So from from there, where did you where where did you move into your career or move if, around from your career? From so that from there, point. I went. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I went to another hospital, mm-hmm. and um, a little bit closer to this this side, <laughs> this side of I four, mm-hmm. and um, I was working with a lot of the coders and the physicians. I was like the, the the middle person, is what I like to call it. I was the physician coding liaison, so I was mm-hmm. reporting. To, so we had some providers that did their own coding. We had some providers that the coders did the coding. So I was doing a lot of coder education and also provider education meeting with the providers and going over like their audit results we had audits that we had a third-party company mm-hmm. that we do the audit and then we would audit the auditors <laughs> and present <laughs> it's like you you know you meet to talk about the meeting before the meeting and then you meet again after the meeting to talk about the meeting kind of thing yeah, yeah. and but we <laughs> we did that i worked with just amazing doctors from lake nona all the way to wow. you know out here sanford i think i had a couple of doctors out in celebration too that i had to go visit a couple okay. of times and i had a doctor <clears throat> that said to me one day i love i love her pediatrics doctor she said to me She's like, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I trust the work that you guys are doing. She said, I, I want to come in and I want to see the patients and and I, I want you guys to do the coding. She's like, because I wouldn't even know where to start. Patient comes in with a broken arm. That's a level one. I mean, it's not that hard. <laughs> and I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, how do we come to the conclusion of that broken arm? So let's let's talk a little bit about it. And, you know, she really valued the the, the work that the coders that the coders were doing for her so do you get a lot of those doctors you get a lot of the doctors that they want to know that they're doing everything right so i had some doctors that asked me if i can come in and i could shadow just to make sure that they were documenting everything that they were not missing anything and just different it was that also was i honestly 
I cannot tell you that this job or that job or that other job was not an amazing experience. Even with the good, the bad, and the ugly, there is always a lesson at the end of the day that, you know, you end up learning. Okay, cool. All right. So just to let you know, we're at a, an hour and two minutes. <laughs> and, you know, and I told you, I'm like, I didn't get a list of questions, Brian. No, no, you that's, got that's a list good. of questions for that's me. Good. That's good. Um, so the second half, maybe, I guess. Um, you're So can we talk about your other credentials then? Let's talk about that. So you yes. have. So. You so up until this point when you're working for the hospital, right? So that's where we're leaving off. Where were you in your certifications? When I was working for the hospital, this was I see 2018, 2019, right? So did you obtain any credentials after that? That's when I was in Orlando Health. Yes. So Orlando Health, actually, they sponsor me to go through the NamUs training for the CIMA, the Certified E&M Auditor. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's where, where I earned that credential. The CERC I earned it while I was in um, at Halifax. And there's a story behind that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I see that the, the interventional radiology coding. I mean, that's yes. that's a very specific, you know, because I, I we've had I've had Stacy Buck on the podcast, and the way she explains yes. it, it's like it's like it's really you know really detailed and specific. It, it is, and I've done a lot of training with Doctor Z. Zilski, mm-hmm. I think, is he say that's the way that he says his last name. Yeah. Because it's really, really hard to get CEUs for that credential. Yeah. Really, really difficult. Um, but so the SEMA, I got it, and like I said, um, my employer sponsored me to go in, go through the training. It was a three-day boot camp wow. that they did, and then at the end, yes, you take the the certification exam, which is up for renewal this year with all the changes on E and M that we had for twenty twenty one. Yes. So I'm like, oh, I have to go through another boot camp again. But I'm excited because one of the things about being a teacher is that you have to also continue to learn. So that's I I love learning. That's just Mm -hmm. something that I love to do. So that's where the SEMA came from. The AHI, that's um, Allied Health Instructor. Mm -hmm. It is through, I want to say AMT. And that one is actually, you know, you just have to prove that you've been teaching for a while, you pay your dues, and then you do CEU. So it's actually not even a test to take. And one of my coworkers said to me, hey, I'm going to do this one. Do you want to do it with me? And I'm like, sure, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Uh (laughs) Right? (laughs) Why not? But the CERC, so at the beginning, when we were talking about doing a company, we wanted to find a niche, a, a niche, right? Mm-hmm. And interventional radiology, that's something that there are not a lot of coders out there. There is this super, super difficult certification. And honestly, I failed it the first time I took the exam. Yeah, I, I felt it and I don't even remember by how many points, but you know, there, there were some special circumstances. You know, I went in, took my exam, my, my father, my, my father was in the hospital and uh, I literally finished my test, flew to Dominican, and my dad actually passed away that, oh, that, yeah. that same day, that next day. Mm-hmm. So my mind was in there and, you know, came back and, you know, it was one of those things, you're all bummed out. And I'm like, you know, what would my dad want me to do? He would want me to keep going and not to give up. Mm-hmm. So I took the test. So I 
went through the training with AAPC, got my books, got my, um, you know, the, the, the quizzes that you can purchase and completed it, went in, took it a couple months later and passed it. Mm. But that's the reason, because I wanted to do something specialized, not so much like, you know, because you have a lot of primary care coders, you know, and, and that covers a big umbrella or a big, you know, of your provider. So I yeah. wanted something a little bit more specialized. Yes. And cardiology has, it's, it's <laughs> cardiology, <laughs> cabbage. Mm. It's just not, it's like my kryptonite. And really? I don't know why, yes, cabbage. Mm. I don't know why I always end up having to code it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of those weaknesses that I was going to turn into a strength. So uh -huh. that's kind of what drew me to learn a little bit more about interventional radiology. And that's kind of where that certification came from. Yeah, I used to work in, um, when I did CDI, I did a lot, of, a lot, a lot. A lot of open hearts now not the cpt but the the pcs right mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so um there was one point that i was assigned to the open heart unit and all i got all my cases for cdi was was patients who had coronary artery disease acute myocardial infarctions and oh and they goodness. had the, the cabbages done now we did it i saw it off pump, on pump, um, with cardioplegia, without cardioplegia. I saw it every which way, right? And so to the point that it became a, it became so much of a repertoire that I, I totally wow. got it. But the only thing is you only get it if, you, if you're if you seeing it every day. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I guess this guy is going to be off pump. So you know if this patient's off pump, then this certain <laughs> thing's going to yes. happen. If the patient's on pump, you know, there's certain things that happen, you know. <laughs> Uh, or if they're, you know, there's certain you, you can you can get a sense if if it goes this way, it's gonna happen this way. Or they had these issues which resulted in this procedure that causes that, mm -hmm. and I knew what was gonna happen. And a lot of times with with the open heart for CDI and inpatient, there was no opportunity because they had everything. They already had everything. Everything's to the max severity. And I'm like, oh geez, why am I even here? Yes. I'm just here to read cabbages all day. I'm like, okay, I'll read them. And that's what I did. I read them. I'm like, okay, you know, you understand the uh, <laughs> left internal mammary. I started, you know, looking at the pictures and I'm like, oh, okay, and I, and that that helped me a lot. You know, understand the mm -hmm. cardiovascular you know system. Especially when people say cabbages, I'm like, I could do cabbages, you know. <laughs> give me cabbage to, give me a cabbage to audit, you know. I'm okay. I could do CDI on it, you know, and I'll I can look for certain things. You know, if they went into post, you know, cardiogenic <laughs> shock and all of that stuff. That's because the thing is that you, 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 you get a sense, and, and you know, I'm talking to the audience here. You, if you're involved in that specific area, pediatrics, you know, uh, open heart. That's what you see every day. But when you're in that role, even though to, mm -hmm. to cut through the monotony, you know, you have to figure, you then have mm -hmm. to figure out, you know, what are the possible potential, op, you know, um, circumstances that can happen with a patient who has a cabbage. And then you just begin to start mapping out every possible. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. I know this guy is going to have this. And I and I know when they're gonna have this, they're gonna have this, and this is gonna happen. <laughs> so you you already know what's to expect. It's the anticipation that that when you first start in something that, that you don't know, everything is very clouded, you know. Until you're in it, then you start to kind of build out your GPS. Like you know, yes. I, when I moved here in Central Florida, just for example, I knew where not. I I didn't know where to go. Mm -hmm. You know, like I would be so lost. Like where am I? 
You know, because the thing is here in Central Florida, for those that don't know, because I used to come from South Florida. <laughs> South Florida, the roads are like this, you know, like like this and like this, you know, like 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 a square. When you go to Central Florida, it, one goes run one road goes like this, square. one road goes like this, <laughs> and one road go, you know goes like this in different directions. They're just trying to hide all through the reserves. I'm like, come on. And so, you know, after like three years of living here, like my wife says, why are you turning here? <laughs> oh, I know the shortcut. Don't worry. <laughs> and, you know, I said, oh, oh, is there traffic in I-4? I know. I know a bypass. Don't worry. <laughs> I can get to it. You know? Well, there you have it. That is part one of my interview with Marlene Marino. You could find Marlene on LinkedIn. And you could also check out her business, Proximal Edge, by going to ProximalEdge.com. And while you're there, you can check out her podcast. She has two of them. Uh, one being the Includes podcast and then her Spanish version, Todo Incluido. MedicalCodingGeek.com